Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be back again. Um, Thanks for having me back again. (laughs) Um, I'll get started. Good. Um, Isn't it nice when life is comfortable? Um, for three months um, in between uh, the summer of 2020-2021, I lived in a share house in Orkin Flower, um, moved out of home, was living with friends. Um, I turned 21 while I was there. Um, we were down the road from our favourite cafe, Good Folk. I'm just a little shout out there. Um, and it was just fun. We, we had a, the best time. I started going to this new church, meeting new people, making new friends. Um, Life was great, and I was starting to get really comfortable with it. Uh, then suddenly, the lease was ending. It was coming up quicker than we thought it was going to be. We ummed and ahed about, oh, do we stay? Should we go? I really wanted to stay. I wanted to stay because my life was looking good right now. I didn't want anything to change at all. Um, I didn't want to have to move back home. Sorry, Mum and Dad, love you, but... <laughs> I was free, I was independent now. It would have been a change to go back home, um, further away from all these friends I was making, far away from my cafe, far away from, um, from uni even. Um, in the end, we decided to pack up the house and we all moved back to our parents' house. Um, so what was a big change and um, not to say that we enjoyed it. I don't know if you've had a similar experience, you're pretty comfortable, pretty comfortable in life, and then suddenly Jesus calls you to do something. You're comfortable doing your own thing and Jesus calls you to do something. Maybe you're comfortable living in Australia, then suddenly Jesus called you to move overseas to teach Greek at a Bible college in Indonesia, like Chris. Or maybe like the Kiyos family, they were comfortable living in Australia, reconnecting with family and friends. And then suddenly Jesus called them back to live in London again. Or maybe today you're comfortable with your life and this week Jesus has called you to do something. And you may know that doing what Jesus calls you to do is going to change your life as you know it. Oh, change just makes me squirm. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. Especially when we're comfortable with the way things are. If life is going well, If the way we have done things forever is working fine, it really makes no sense to change. Some of us might have the mentality of what is good is old. If it's tried, it's true. If it's good, it's been been tested and it's proved. If we believe this, we're not interested in anything new, perhaps particularly with technology. There's some people who will keep up to date with the latest and greatest iPhone. Pardon me. But there's some who will stay on their iPhone 5 and insist it's all good, there's nothing wrong, even though it's incompatible with the new software updates. I'm a bit in that boat. I've got an iPhone 8. The screen's been cracked for about a year. I've got no storage left. Um, It is not compatible with the new updates, but I can't be convinced to keep up to date with the new iPhone. I'm so comfortable with this model. I don't want to go through the change of trying to the trouble of fixing all the accounts and everything. And I, I, honestly, I don't know if it will improve my life or not. You know, we are so averse to change. We really don't like it. But change really is inevitable. 
For example, the horse-drawn carriage was undermined by the steam train, and the steam train was undermined by our motor cars as we know it. I wonder if the man who invented the horse-drawn carriage, would he have been resistant to the steam train? Oh, no, no, no. My horse and carriage is good. It works fine. I don't need anything. Trust me, I'm all good. Would he have gone his whole life, say maybe 30 years, refusing this train, this change, <laughs> refusing to go on the train? Would he have wasted maybe 30 years missing out on something that could have and maybe would have been revolutionary to his life as he knew it? Many people in the Bible didn't like change either, particularly because they were comfortable with their life. This week we'll continue on in chapter 5 um, in Luke from the demon-possessed man that we encountered last week. Now we start to see Jesus' stories um, being recorded of his ministry in Galilee. After he leaves that synagogue, he goes down to the lake and there he calls Simon, Peter, and he also calls John and James to follow him. After this, they decide to leave everything and follow Jesus. They leave their lifelong career as fishermen and they decide Let's just follow this guy and see what happens. <laughs> After that, we see Jesus heal a man with leprosy, and then a man who was paralyzed is lowered down through the roof to the feet of Jesus. Jesus not only heals this man, but he says he has the authority to also forgive him of his sin. All the while, the Pharisees have been watching and looking on, and they've been very uncomfortable with this new young teacher that's doing things differently. Who can forgive sins but God alone, they say in verse 21. Then Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed Jesus. So what do you do when you make new, make new friends? You invite them over for dinner. So Levi had Jesus and all of his disciples over for dinner. Maybe not a pork roast, but it probably was a lamb roast. And they had a good time. All the while the Pharisees were still watching on and they couldn't believe what was happening. Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, an upright teacher of the law, was eating with so-called sinners. Not only this, but Jesus' disciples were clearly not fasting not like the disciples of John the Baptist, nor the disciples of these Pharisees. All along, Jesus knew that the Pharisees were observing him. They were watching him and they were thinking, who has this man come to be that he can do things differently from the instructions of the Torah, the instructions of their traditional law and the traditions of Judaism? So Jesus excused himself from the dinner party and tried to explain what he was doing to these Pharisees. And here we pick up this main parable that's at the end of chapter 5. In verse 36, he told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. 
And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. Jesus often teaches us through parables, through stories that communicate a biblical truth, but they are often quite cryptic. To look at the first analogy, no one tears a piece out of an old, a new garment to patch an old one. So you wouldn't tear a piece out of a beautiful, new, expensive silk dress just to patch up a pair of old jeans that you've had for 30 years. In the same way, new linen fabric is white. An old linen fabric is yellow and brown with age. And so if you were to patch the old linen with the new, it would stand out. So fundamentally, the, the old garment and the new garment are not compatible. It is, it is common sense that no one would patch an old garment with a piece from a new garment. To look at the second analogy, the new one skins continues this idea of, an, of another error of judgment that no one makes. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. This analogy might be a bit more culturally removed from us, um, but in Jesus' day, wine skin were usually made out of sheep skin or goat skin. The neck of the animal would become the neck of the wine skin once it was um, cured and the hair was all removed. The dilemma of pouring new wine into old wine skin is that the new wine was expected to expand with the fermentation. So the old wine skin that had been used before was stretched and could not expand to this new wine that needed fermentation. Its age and brutal quality could cause it to rip and burst and spill the wine everywhere. Therefore, it makes common sense. New wine must be poured into new wine skins. So why is Jesus comparing his activity to that of a new garment, to that of a new wine, and to that of new wineskins? What the old and the new represent in this parable isn't precisely clear, but in the context of it being amongst the uncomfort of the Pharisees, it makes sense that it could represent the old being the Judaism of the Pharisees and the new of what Jesus is bringing. Further than that, the image does present the old garment needing repair. If it needs a patch, obviously something is wrong. Something needs fixing. Similarly, old wine skins are rather unusable. So the obvious solution is to replace the old with the new. So to the Pharisees, Jesus was heralding a new era in the plan of God. Jesus was inviting the Pharisees into a new understanding of God. That's why Jesus was seemingly disobeying the instructions of the Torah and the traditions of Judaism, because he was calling fishermen to be his disciples. He went out and touched and healed a leper. He claimed that he had the authority to forgive people of their sin. And he was having a banquet with so-called sinners. Jesus was stretching the fabric of Judaism to its absolute limit, really until the old wine skin was unusable. The old system of Judaism was not capable of containing this new covenant that Jesus was bringing, this new revelation of God. Therefore, Jesus' new way did require new wine skins, 
and it looked like a completely new garment. So Jesus' response to the Pharisees' discomfort was to invite them to change, was to invite them to leave their religion, everything that they've known, and follow after him. Jesus wanted the Pharisees to change, and Jesus wanted to change the Pharisees. In the same way today, Jesus wants us to change, and he wants to change us. But you still might be feeling uncomfortable with the idea of change. Because I don't think the root of our discomfort really is in the fear of our external life changing. Sure, if Jesus calls you to do something, it might be a change in your finances. It might be a change in your life situation, your living situation, your job situation even. But I think the root of our discomfort is actually the fear that maybe our inner life will be exposed, revealed because of the external change. We can be just as comfortable with our external life as with the state of our inner life. Perhaps we are afraid and uncomfortable with change because it will require something of us that we don't know if we have it. What sin have I been comfortable with? What attitude have I been comfortable with for too long? How have I been comfortable with my faith? And if God called me to change, I don't even know if I have enough faith to trust that Jesus will pull through. We don't like change, especially because it will change us. But Jesus knows this. In the final verse of that parable, Jesus shares a common proverb of the day. And no one, again we have that no one. And no one after drinking old wine wants new, for he says the old is fine. Jesus didn't just know this with the Pharisees. Jesus knows all of our hearts, and we are included in that as well. There is no one who likes change. There is no one who wants to endure the uncomfort, the discomfort of, of changing your inner life as well. And yet Jesus uses the change in our external life to bring about our sanctification. We will begin to, Jesus will begin to change us when we do the things he calls us to do. Jesus will call us to change. He'll call us to trials. He'll call us to tests. But in that, our faith will grow. In that, our dependence upon God, the uprooting of sin, us having to deal with loneliness perhaps, having to understand what joy really is, having to find patience and having to endure discomfort. This will all sanctify us more into the image of Christ. Change will bring about our sanctification. Change in our external life will, come, will help come about our sanctification, our change of our inner life. Levi was just sitting at the tax booth he was an accountant, probably a pretty, pretty comfortable life. Good pay, good money, good hours, small group of friends, food on the table. That sounds like a pretty comfortable life. Then suddenly, the power of Jesus' call draws Levi out of the tax collector's booth. Levi accepts Jesus' invitation. 
He obeys Jesus' call and he is changed. He abandons everything. And you can see, you can track Levi. He's also known as Matthew. You can track this character throughout the Gospels. And you can see this man changing into the image of Christ. For some of us here, maybe you have accepted Jesus' call and you've followed him and you've seen change. You've seen newness come into your life. You've, you've noticed things shifting in your heart. You've endured trials and you continue to trust more and more in Christ. Some of us here this morning are hearing God's voice. Maybe God has been nudging you for a while. Maybe this week something came up. Maybe Jesus is calling you to follow him. And this change that will come about, if you accept this, you know it will be uncomfortable. And there's a part of you that's just, I can't do this. It's too much. I met this man a while ago, um, and I was talking to him about my Bible college degree. And he was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Um, I've just started doing a postgraduate in ministry. And I was like, oh, amazing. And he was like, yeah, it is amazing. I just wish I did it 30 years ago when Jesus called me to do it because I'd be a different person. For 30 years, he ignored Jesus' call, his plea to follow him. For 30 years, this man just had his electrical business. He couldn't change, he couldn't give up his life situation. He couldn't rely on God. He couldn't trust God with his finances. The Pharisees were comfortable. They were comfortable with their social standing. They were comfortable with their religion. They didn't want to follow Jesus. They didn't accept his call to change. So they rejected Jesus and therefore they were not sanctified. They were not transformed into his image. But God's grace is sufficient. 30 years later, this man did finally obey Jesus' call and he went to college and he did what he was called to do. Jesus knows we'll be resistant to change. He knows this. But Jesus will keep calling us to change until we accept his invitation. And he will help us say yes. Because Jesus knows this change will be good for us because it will transform us more and more into his image. Therefore, we must do the things Jesus calls us to do. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I trust that you have been speaking to us now, Lord. Lord, we confess and we repent of when we've been stubborn, Father. Of when we've put our worries before your call, Lord. Lord, help us to see where you're inviting us to change, God. Help us to see, Lord, that you will be with us in this change. Lord, because you want it to come about so that we will be more like you, Lord. Give us faith, Father. Grow our faith, Lord. Lord, would your will be done in our lives, Father. God, and help us to say yes to the change that you're bringing about in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing, intergenerational, and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.